Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach podcast. Welcome to another edition. As always, great to have you with us and, you know, we do appreciate very much you taking the time and uh, listening to what we've got to share on the podcast and hopefully it's making a difference in your journey, in your life, in your coaching and your leadership and management. Today's episode is designed to help you do three three things. I honestly believe that if you take on board what we're going to discuss in the podcast today, in this 21st century, by following up and taking some action steps and understanding deeply what it is we're going to talk about, it will make you an increasingly rare and valued individual professional, coach, manager, leader, business person, or whatever it is. I honestly believe that it will make you better at what you do. And I also believe, because I've witnessed it in my own life, that that it will have a really, really positive side effect. I think, and in fact, I actually believe it will make you happier and more effective. So this all started with a couple of sources. And I'll just give you a very brief background before we get into the how and why I think it's worth talking about. And there are one or two things that we will talk about in the next few minutes that we've already touched on. So I make no apologies for that. But there is a, a lady called Natalie who I met when we did a really, really good speaking course where we went on a five-day speaking course which was designed to help us get our messages across and to address people and to be able to connect with people from a stage, if you like, or from a speaking perspective. And I met a lady called Natalie and uh, Natalie actually lives in Spain and one of her passions in life is the, it's a rather a large goal and that's what kind of attracted me to her thought processes. It is a goal of eradicating loneliness and Natalie, uh, Natalie Arabella Bailey, she actually does some great content online if you care to look her up on Facebook and she does videos about her her goal, if you like, of eradicating loneliness. And one of the things that she implicates is the starting up of what she calls meaningful conversations. And funnily enough, and I'm sure you may recognize this in your own life, uh, I also subscribe to a lady called Maria Shriver, and she does something called a Sunday, I think it's called, um, I'm not what, a Sunday post or she basically sends out a weekly email and 
One of the things that she is absolutely passionate about is meaningful conversations. And so much so that she's recently started a podcast called Meaningful Conversations. And to go on one stage further, one of the very first few podcasts she did or she's done is an interview with a lady called Marianne Williamson. Now, you may or may not have heard of Marianne. Marianne is uh, an author from the United States. She's now in her 60s. And I honestly believe that she is a real cutting edge thinker. And there are quite a lot of things that I got out of this podcast, so much so that I wrote a page and a half of notes about what she said in this podcast. And uh, Marianne is actually a big dreamer. And she's actually, as we speak, or as I record this podcast, she's going to run for the presidency of the United States of America. And it's highly likely that a lot of listeners to this won't have heard of Marianne. Well, I think that states volumes for the fact that this lady thinks big. And I would urge you to have a look at that podcast. Uh, it's Maria Shriver's Meaningful Conversations. Have a listen to Marianne Williamson and see what you get out of it yourself. But the link for me was this Meaningful Conversations. And then strangely enough, the third coincidence was again another I could I'll use the word hero it's not not really a hero he's somebody I really look up to in terms of his thought processes and I've mentioned him before it's Ryan Holiday and Ryan did a at the beginning of the year did a 14 day stoic challenge and the 10th day his mantra was to start a meaningful conversation and all these three things were striking a chord with me. And I thought, well, what is it about this, this, this meaningful conversation chord that is, is such a prominent thing in my thought processes at the moment? And the book that I studied deeply in January this year was, and I've mentioned that before, I've actually done a pod podcast on it, was Cal Newport's Deep Work. And I spent six weeks I was so impressed with Cal's work that, you know, and this is not me saying, hey, look what I've done. It's just something that I, I was inspired to do. I spent six weeks studying Cal's work and his two books, Digital Minimalism and Deep Work, linked really, really well with this subject because some of the, some of the things that Cal talked about in terms of the, the value of deep work was that he, he says that focusing and having an ability to attend to the great things in your life that are important and not be swayed and not be have your focus and attention grabbed, taken away, controlled or stolen by the world that we live in, which, and he's prompt, um, mainly referring to the digital world that we live in, will make you a, an increasingly rare and valued individual. A, for the way that you go about your life, which I think relates to the meaningful conversations, and B, 
because of the quality of the work that you will be able to produce. So all these four individuals, all of whom I hold in high esteem, I've got something to say, and they're all saying the same thing. And then the last thing was I came across a, a very brief story that said that students actually learn the best from people that they love. And I think that's quite strong. It, can be, it, it could be considered as quite a, a soppy thing to say, because actually here we are, especially in the world of professional football, which despite its attempts to evolve into a into a caring profession which i think it is doing and, and it's it's all linked with the the current focus on welfare welfare of minors welfare of of adults and mental health issues especially in males this story talks about how students appear to learn much better from people that they love and it talks about the story of a class of students who gained really, really good marks, did really well in their subjects and went on to do great things. And one of the things they cited as the reason behind their success, if you like, or, or what they went on to do was because they had a what they considered, they considered, the students considered a human being as a mentor, as a teacher. Somebody who was vulnerable that they could relate to and somebody who connected with them. And doesn't that just resonate so much with the concept in, in life, if you like, or whether it's sports psychology, you want to get professional about it. But basically, if we want to influence somebody, then there needs to be a relationship. And if we're looking at it through a coaching lens or a managerial lens or a leadership lens, then, you know, the, what you say, what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say mantra just fits in perfectly with that. So how does this link in with the meaningful conversations of, Natalie Arabella Bailey and, and Marianne Williamson and Maria Shriver and Ryan Holiday and, and Cal Newport's work. Well, essentially, what we're saying here is that meaningful conversations are, according to the research, and you can imply this from the research, that meaningful conversations are actually not that common. And I don't really suppose we have a way of scientifically at the moment. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, you know, a gold standard researcher. Maybe a, you know, a psychologist or a, a, a university professor can help us with this. But I, I don't know that there is a gold standard of what actually quantifies or qualifies something as a meaningful conversation. But for me, I think deep down in, inside each one of us, we all know what a meaningful conversation is. I think if we come away from a an interaction with somebody, we actually know what whether that was a meaningful conversation, whether it was comfortable or uncomfortable isn't the isn't the issue, but whether or not it was a meaningful conversation. But meaningful conversations are all about connection, and if we want to be valued by people, if we want to influence people, 
if we want to actually be better at what we do, it appears that we ought to make proactive efforts into having meaningful conversations. And one of the things that is required in order to do that is actually to make time to do them. Because if you, again, look at the research and you look at the the way that our society is going in terms of its communication, it is becoming increasingly less face-to-face. The interactions are increasingly digital. They are even less in terms of actual voice-to-voice, if you like, telephone calls. And the preference seems to be, the trend for the preference seems to be an evolution towards digitalism. So whether that's a Facebook message or a LinkedIn message or a message on a text or an email, that seems to be the way that people are wanting to go. But that is what is cited as being one of the things that will oppose a meaningful conversation. Now, I'm not here. So, I'm not here to make a moral argument. I'm not here to make a philosophical argument. I started this podcast as a with a pragmatic approach to actually make us better at what we do. And I said at the beginning, one of the side effects is I honestly believe that it will make us happier and more effective. So, as Cal Newport strongly 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 states in his in his work digital minimalism and deep work and i make no bones about it that i am an advocate of his philosophy i do not believe he's totally 100 right and i and i don't follow him blindly but i think he has amazing things to say and i think by implementing what he is talking about in your life that fits in best with you you will achieve more than you probably are right now um by not following what he what he says. Now, it appears from the research that av- on average, in terms of digital interactions, people have something like two and a half thousand interactions with their mobile device on a daily basis, whether that's a swipe or a click or whatever that is. It appears from the research that people spend in excess of two hours a day on average on their mobile device. And on average, again, the interactions occur something like every 12 minutes on a, on a, on a waking basis of 16 hours a day. And with something like 75 separate sessions of interaction with a mobile device. Now, as a standalone, I am absolutely making no comment on whether that's positive or negative. But in terms of having meaningful conversations, I think there's a great deal to be said about analysing how much time we spend digitally and looking at what we could actually do on proactively to have more meaningful conversations, which may mean taking the time to have more sit-down, face-to-face interactions with people. And if that actually produces more, more valuable relationships, if that creates increased influence, more buy-in, 
And as a side effect to that, if you, again, if you look at the research that um, is cited, that, that we, we as human beings need, we are part of a part of society. We are part of a, of a whole, if you like. And if we live an increasingly fractured life and we don't interact um, on a deep basis, we miss out. So that's basically the subject of, of this podcast, that I actually think that if we make a concerted effort, if we make a focused attempt to have meaningful conversations with the people in our domain, the people who work with us, the people who work alongside us, maybe you have people in your team, you have players, you have athletes, whoever those people are. And we, as individuals, we just make our own personal goal to have more meaningful conversations over a period of time. I honestly believe that that will have a positive effect. And I would go as far as to say that it will make you stand out from the crowd because research again suggests that the majority of people are migrating and evolving towards a more digital and a less physically interactive way of being. And the results of that are not totally positive. So again, you know, this is not a moral I'm not standing here from a moral point of view saying you should do this and it's right to do that. I'm saying from a practical, pragmatic point of view to influence more people, to have better relationships with more people and as a positive side effect, you know, to actually make you uh, and them happier individuals and more effective at what you do, then I think it's well worth well worth following. So let's look at another side effect of this increasingly digital age. And this content, again, is taken from some reading that I've done around the subject. And I've been pointed in this direction, again, by Ryan Holiday, who talks about the information age. And the fact that the availability of masses and masses of information that we know, obviously, is, is available to us now because of the digital age at the touch of a button. Because of the enormous choice that we have and our ability to access that information and to filter that information because the, the algorithms, the, the, the amazing minds who create the, the, you know, the digital highways and, and the platforms and how these platforms interact with us, filter that information and guide us towards what it is they think we want because that's what's best for them. We, it appears, are subjecting ourselves and as a, individually and as societies to an increasing polarization of information. So what that means is if you are interested in A or B or C as an individual, your freedom of choice allows you to connect with A or B or C and not to connect with D or E or F because that's your choice. Because of the efficiency and the ever-increasing ability of digital platforms and social media sites and, and technology to, to attract 
us towards and advertise to us the information that they think we are interested in. And because we are naturally interested in that, we will migrate towards that. So it appears that this is a little bit of a problem because we almost are opened up to kind of a in it and a propagandist indoctrinating philosophy that actually yes we are interested in but because we are guided so strongly and subtly and subliminally towards that a lot of the time we are closing ourselves off from other avenues and from other sources of information things that in the past we may have had to source through or walk through or talk through or listen to in order to get to where we want to and because we don't have to interact so much with individuals or other sources we are more closed off to other sorts of information to other points of view and this, according to some social research, some social scientists, one of whom is called uh, Robert Putnam, um, who talks about how attendance at, you know, club meetings or social gatherings is generally down and family get-togethers and family meals as, a, as, a, as an occurrence are fewer in number than they were 20 years ago. So our interaction on a one-to-one basis is down, which again, possibly highlights that loneliness that I was talking about that Natalie has a, has a mission to try and solve. Increases our, 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 our subjectivity to being in, in a digital world so much because of, because of its availability and its ease and reduces our human interaction, which again, according to Robert Putnam, actually increases the polarity. And the effect of that is that we believe more and more and more in what it is we already believe. And and the the underlining of that and the foundation of that appears to get stronger because we we open ourselves up to that information. But we, by doing so, we are possibly failing to open ourselves up to the other sides of the argument and other people's points of view. And, you know, this is certainly not a political podcast, but does it actually start to answer the question of why in this age of information, when everything seems so readily available, it appears that there is an ever-increasingly fractured society where the there are the polarity from you know from, from in pe- terms of people's points of view seems to be so wide and it, it doesn't seem to be closer than it was years and years ago and how does this relate to us as leaders and managers and coaches in our own domain in our own street in our own family in our own club with our athletes well it might mean that actually we may need to take a step back and take stock. And we may need to think, you know what? Maybe it would be a real good idea if I listened and learned and had a, 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 a meaningful conversation with a coach from another discipline. If I had a meaningful conversation with a coach from another club, 
if I shared my ideas and I'll be the one who shares and becomes vulnerable and open, opens myself up to sharing my secrets, that might be the catalyst to a better world. And one of the examples that I've got in my own personal life was we had a best of the best program with the Premier League when all the Premier League football clubs came together and the boys in those academies in the English Premier League came all came together and it was organised so that they would have sessions where they were coached by coaches on a particular day from other clubs. So the players were shared with different coaches. So they were opened up to a different voice, different setups, different organisation and a different way of doing things. And the initial frostiness and the initial, mm, I wonder what this is all about, by the end of the of the best of the best program, it was one of the most amazing transformations that I've ever seen in people's attitudes towards it because every t everybody turned up in their own team bus with their own colours and, and it was obviously that tribal nature of competition which is really healthy and what gives people an identity. And by the end of it, the kids were interacting, they were playing with each other in terms of their, their games, they'd made new friends, they had real positive learning experiences from the coaches. The coaches had amazing learning experiences from working with other players from different clubs. And the, the post-training session discussions between the coaches, because of their own experiences, was absolutely amazing. And it opened up a whole new world of possibilities. And from my humble point of view, it broke down barriers. And yes, it took a lot of organisation. Yes, it took a lot of things to bring that into fruition. But actually, it proved that opening up, listening and having those face-to-face -face interactions with people that you wouldn't normally have an interaction with is phenomenally positive. And that, that's also one of the reasons why that I've tried on this podcast not, not just to focus on the sport that I love on the thing that, that drove me to, if you like, or inspired me. I won't use the word drove because it inspired me to, to start this podcast, which was football, football management, football leadership, and football coaching. Because it's that's why we've had a young lady who was a swimmer on this program. That's why I talk about politics in terms of the great political leaders who come up with great ideas that have the same impact whether you are a football coach a swimming coach an athletics coach or you're a leader in business because the principles are all the same so without going on anymore what i'm talking about on this podcast is i think it would completely revolutionize you as a an individual a coach a leader a manager if you made a proactive effort to engage with people whether they're your peers your superiors, if, you, if I can use that term, people who look up to you as a mentor, if you can engage with those people and make yourself and plan it in your diary to have meaningful conversations. And it may be that you, you can look at your digital way of life, if you like, and think, you know what? I can actually have a positive effect on myself as a leader. 
in terms of my time efficiency, in terms of my relationships, in terms of my productivity, and in terms of, amazingly enough, the side effects, my own happiness and efficiency by planning time to have meaningful conversations with people that will have a, you know, a, 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 um, a facilitator effect on improving both of us. You know, the two plus two equals seven, because often we engage in something that we, they, we think will give us a result. And more often than not, it will lead to something else and something else and something else, which is far greater in value than, than it, we actually thought when we started the process. So this podcast is all about having meaningful conversations. I implore you to have a go at it, see what happens and see if it doesn't have a positive effect in your coaching, your management and your leadership. Great to talk. Thanks for listening and um, catch you later. Bye-bye.